and welcome to the Midas Touching. I'm your host, Tris Tusa, and this is Charlie Bradford. Welcome back to episode six of the Midas Touches. Just a little look back at the action from last week where we had professional gambler Al Russell on who tipped up. Well, in the end, I guess, actually, he did get one winner. So he got his 20 points. He's joined Tom Fanshawe at the top of the lead. But it was kind of bitter because he actually ended up having a non-runner. So he ended up getting the favourite, Buzz, by default, who won ever so impressively at Ascot. Um... Yeah, so the league table is actually, everyone's pretty tightly bunched. And with our two guests today, there's a double chance of someone taking the lead. It is rather fitting that while we have the best mare in training in Honeysuckle over in Ireland this weekend, we've also got two super mares joining us on the program later in the form of my sister, Millie, and Charlie's sister, Eliza. This week... We're going to be looking at the Labrooks Chase at Newbury, the ex Hennessy Gold Cup, the big one of the weekend. 20 runners will line up over at Newbury for the big contest. We're also going to be taking a look at another race at Newbury at 150, as well as the 315 at Newcastle, the fighting fifth hurdle, a grade one in which Epitante seeks to go back to back on her way to trying to defend to regain her crown in the champion hurdle at Cheltenham Charlie how excited are you for this weekend yeah really excited I actually love the fighting fifth hurdle as a race uh got some great memories we were up there what a couple of years ago for that one uh and yeah it's a really nice it's a really nice race and I'm looking forward to covering it yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It's going to be an epic weekend of racing. And then on Sunday, we're going over to Ireland, where we have huge grade ones from Fairy House, including the Hatton's Grace Hurdle, in which Honeysuckle seeks to extend her unbeaten career run, which is quite remarkable. Um, she really is one of the best horses in training. And I hope you'll all be glued to your TV screens on Sunday afternoon. Right, let's not beat around the bush. Let's get stuck in with that first race, the 150 from Newbury. Lakel's article currently heads the market at 4 to 1, Masters Legacy at 6s, Calvadoge at 13 to 2, 8 to 1, Glory and Fortune, 9 to 1, Chittabello, alongside Earl of the Cotswolds, and they're 14 to 1, bar that. This race. Won by Champ in 2017, who's obviously a Gold Cup contender once again this year. Uh, how do you see this one going, mate? Yeah, so what I wanted to do is first, I wanted to pick Calvadoge initially, but I then had a look back at his seasonal reappearance run at Kempton, where he finished first. I had a look at that race, and what I actually want to go do is I want to go take the fourth from that race, who is Anne Sam. Uh, who reopposes here today? Basically, my take on it was that's fourteen to one, right? Sorry, I didn't yes, say that. Not even mentioned. Okay, fourteen to one. Uh, so really juicy price. Basically, 
that horse was two and a half lengths back that day, uh, was given six pounds by Calvadurge, but Calvadurge had a seven pound claimer on, so actually was um it gets a bit complicated, so I won't even run for it, but they put a claimer on uh for this one. <laughs> and the my selection and Sam's getting fifteen pounds from Calvadurge. Which is a lot of weight to make up two and a half lengths. It's a bit of a bold move going for one piece of form to work out the whole race, but I really liked Calvados um, initially, so why wouldn't I like Ann Sam? And that's why I'm going for Ann Sam in this. Punchy, I like it. Um, yeah, fair enough. I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, well, I kind of am. So yeah, Champ actually won it in 2018. Sorry. Um, Nicky's got a pretty similar runner at the top in Lakeo's article. Um, quite unexposed. Hasn't been seen since March. Um, so it's kind of an unknown, you know, what type of horse we're going to see on Saturday. But presumably, you know, these connections, they've got Albion Fonto. They know what they're doing. They know how to win a race on a Saturday afternoon. Um, but I don't like the unknowns. I'm going to go for glory and fortune here for Tom Lacey and Stan Shepard. Um yeah, I want to side with the form. The horse really has just gone from strength to strength this season since his return. Won the Welsh champion hurdle at Foss last in October. Um, but crucially, in second place on that day was Don Levant, who, if you remember from last weekend's action, won that big handicap hurdle race in which we tipped up Stony Mountain, who came fourth at 22 to 1, and uh, Ars Dillon, who was also absolutely awful and <laughs> came like last. Um, but yeah, so then after that race, uh, Glory and Fortune ran in that um, Greatwood hurdle at Cheltenham, which was won by West Cork uh, and didn't jump very well in the last two when actually traveling quite well. Steps down from a grade three to a class two this time. So back in Karma waters. And for me, that seven to one available on Thursday evening when we're recording seems like a pretty attractive price. That is the 150 at Newbury all wrapped up. Let's move on to the three o'clock at Newbury, which is the big one. What was once the Hennessy Cognac Gold Cup, won by horses such as Native River, the Gold Cup champion. Many Clouds, who won the Grand National oh, um, for the for the late, great Trevor Hemmings, who very sadly died um, about a month ago. And dual winner of the race, the tank that was... Denman pretty tough field to analyze this one um you know we've got a we've got a host of horses I think we're going to have near to a a full field of 24 I think 21 runners currently uh set to line up let's take you through the um the market so on the ropes heads the market for Willie Mullins nine to two Eclat de Rear for Henry de Bromhead who won that Betfair chase with Aplutard last weekend uh, at five to one, Enrilo six to one for Paul Nichols alongside Fiddler on the Roof for Colin Tizard. Um, Cloth Cap and Kitty's Light both at 12s, De Machine at 14s alongside Potterman, and they're 16 to one bar that. Um, you may well have one uh, at a bigger price, but uh, I'm not going to run you through the whole market because it goes on and on forever. Um, take it away. You go first. Uh, well, to be fair with this one, you've absolutely thrown me a hospital pass because it's 20 run runners, as you say, and 21 fences. It's an absolute <laughs> bloodbath. <to be> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I don't think I could name 21 jumps horses, if I'm completely honest. <laughs> well, you've but, done quite well at tipping them so far, yeah, so too fair. don't doubt yourself down too much. So the one I'm going to go for is Fiddler on the Roof uh, for Colin Tizard and Brendan Powell. Uh, my logic here was basically I want a horse that can jump and that's going to get around. And Fiddler on the Roof is exactly that. Fiddler on the he's, he's never... Um, fallen or he's actually he's never finished to fail uh failed to finish a race i should say uh in his so he's a good career. jumper so you that could... would suggest he's a good jumper yeah. uh he's also when um going over the fences he in eight runs he has uh recorded two firsts five seconds and one third i believe so basically he's finished in the top three uh, in all of his runs over fences which shows a good degree of consistency. Um, that my, does. My only slight concern would be the field size itself because he's not actually that used to running or certainly recently is not that used to running in these bigger fields. Yeah, because even um, that, um, what was the RSA, the, the what, the Brown Advisory, even that had like six runners in it last exactly. year, didn't it? it so, small so, field. Yeah, so, so he's been very used to it. But having said that, he has won 13 and 40 runner races earlier in his career. I mean, those were both back in 2019. But yeah. He does have the form there, so not like overly concerned by that. Uh, another small thing to mention would be that he's actually never won at the trip, but he has over three miles. That run against Monkfish suggested that actually three miles two yeah, it's could pretty... be a good one for him. So, yeah, I want to go Fiddler on the Roof. Look, Colin is not in the best form, but he'll be pretty happy of uh, lost in translations result last weekend. And that would also suggest that he's quite good at training horses that have all in one names like <laughs> fiddler on the roof lost in translation both with no spaces in i like that that's good for the for the simpletons out there of which i don't think any of our listeners are so um forget that bit um yeah no, i i i think this race is quite interesting there's so many irish runners coming over this year which actually is not really a feature of, of years gone by. Only one Irish horse has, has won it, as far as I'm I'm aware, ever. And that was um, back in 2017 when Total Recall won for Willie Mullins. Um, Willie. Yet, you've kind of got to look at the race, uh, as as is on the, um, the race card in front of you. And for that reason, I am pretty keen on the favourite who put up a really good fight against Monkfish uh, in that beginner's chase last year, coming second um, on reappearance. Really, really impressive. In a, in a proper handicap uh, at Limerick, beating horses rated uh, 139 and 142, quite similar to this field. And uh, Chatham Street Lab is back in seventh, who's rated 152. Good form. So that was a good race. I wouldn't put anyone off backing that, but it's quite a short price. So my tip for this race actually comes... In the form of the Hollow Ginge for Nigel and Sam Twist and Davies. This one came fourth in the race last year off a rating of 144. Finds himself coming in here off 142. So, for the mathematicians out there, two pounds lower. Um, really nice outing on, 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 on reappearance this season. Showed that there's some class there for this eight-year-old. Was ahead behind a really well-punted uh Gordon Elliott trained runner called Definite Plan. 
this one, in fairness, you have to kind of cross out his last few runs last season uh, where he didn't finish um, the race for the last three runs. Um, but I'll quite happily forgive him that. And I feel like they may have cracked the code with this one. And in my mind, there's no better jockey than Sam Twiston Davies out there. Uh, his dad's had a great start to the season. And for that reason, alongside that strong form line with the well-punted Gordon Elliott one at Cheltenham, I think 25 to 1 could look, at, look like a bit of a steal come Saturday uh, evening. Cool. cool. So that is uh, those first two races lined up. Yes. We're going to go for a little break. We'll see you after the music. Welcome back to the Midas Touches episode six. So we've covered those first two races from Newbury. We're now going to head up to Newcastle for the fighting fifth hurdle grade one at 3.15 on Saturday afternoon. Currently having a little look at the market and Epitante is at six to five. Last year's champion. She didn't win after that, but she was mighty impressive on reappearance. Um, for Nikki Henderson, Mon Morale, second favourite at 10 to 3 for Paul Nichols, So Royale for Alan King, 4s, Silver Streak at 9s, Not So Sleepy at 20s, and Wadarev, the ex Willie Mullins horse, now trained by Ian Jardine, 125 to 1. Pretty simple race, this? Yes, in one word. Good. Basically, so what I did was. I thought, how can we get Epiton beat? Um, you can't. Yeah, and that was the basic conclusion I came to. We might have more egg on our face. <laughs> so, I mean, this could be shocking, but I'll run you through it quickly. So, Mon Morale can't win. Four-year-olds don't have a good record in this race. You've got to go back to 2012 for the last four-year-old winner. Who's that? Don't know. Don't, don't care. care. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, before that, it was 1985, I think. So... They, they they have a very well actually I don't know if they have a poor record i didn't look that far but there hasn't been many winners yeah yeah that yeah, may yeah, mean yeah. there's not been many runners but i don't know you do have a job so i can't so expect yeah <laughs> this to, was this was pulled that. together quite quickly so, yeah more morale cannot win so royale cannot beat epiton we know that yeah. um then next yeah silver streak probably cannot beat epiton I mean, has beaten Epiton, but like, you <laughs> maybe know, not in Newcastle. Won't won't be Epiton Newcastle. Yeah. And then the last two in the market, not so sleepy, and Vladarev can't beat anyone. So I'm very happy to leave them. Which basically means that Epiton wins. She gets seven pounds in the field. Nikki's in good form, and she goes unbelievably well fresh as well. She's won three of her three first time out or seasonal reappearance runs uh it looks like she's almost even a better horse fresh than she is like for the rest of the season which seems completely nuts but i don't know yeah it's crazy that and actually i really don't have anything to add at all how are you getting better than evens on this horse i don't, get I don't it. know mate. i crazy. don't know clearly the bookies have lost them plot lost their marbles um yeah epitante done deal one for the multis yes good and if she loses we're gonna have egg on our face <laughs> but 
Uh, I'm pretty confident that she won't. Big day of racing on Sunday as well at Fairy House over in Ireland. A quick word about um, Honeysuckle, who obviously makes her reappearance later on the card in the uh, the Hatton's Grace, Charlie. Yes, she's a very good horse. She's actually up against relatively stiff op- opposition. Um, I saw Saldier in there, Abracadabras, I think was in there too. Uh, something Stormy Island. Yeah, yeah. Who I'd actually tipped up for last weekend. So, you know, if Stormy Probably Island turns, Honeysuckle's too good. She's twenty to one, mate. Stormy Island. Yeah, I mean Honeysuckle's going to win, but you could you could bet in the without favourite market, which um, which is probably quite good because Honeysuckle will likely win again. She's the best hurdler in, in horse racing. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, um, that pretty much ties up all of the action that we're going to be looking at this weekend. We'll go for a little break where we're going to eat our supper. I've cooked up a nice sausage stew, which we're uh, very excited about. So we will see you after the jingle. Welcome back to the Midas Touches episode six. On the other end of the line, we've now got our two guests for this week. As explained on the Instagram, we've managed to get on our two sisters. Wasn't that hard. (laughs) So let's say a hello, first of all, to Eliza. Hi guys, thanks very much for having me. It's only taken six weeks. <laughs> and took a, bit of <laughs> a very warm welcome to my sister, Millie. Yeah, hi guys. Yeah, thanks for having me as well. It's an, it's an honour. It's been my dream since it started. <laughs> well, I, I'm happy that you guys are such big fans of the podcast. Obviously, we really like the podcast as well. So it's good to know that some people think the same way that we do. Um, just a bit of intro... Millie, why don't you tell us a bit about, bit about what you're doing at the moment in Dublin and what you want to do when you're older? <laughs> well, um, I am studying classics in my third year at Trinity Dublin. Very impressive. Which is great, great fun. Um, and I'm currently, I've got a couple of plays in the works, which is really exciting because... Um, conveniently i do, i want to be an actor go on sadly not a not in the racing industry but i i reckon i've got a hunch i'm quite excited for when is it sunday that these races are happening um, these ones saturday actually i feel like this you know having some stakes in the races might might yeah. kind of inspire me Absolutely. so yeah but yeah that's that's what i'm up to well everyone follow millie's acting career yeah. Um, and watch this space. I'm sure you'll be looking at the next sort of Emma Watson or um, Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman, potentially more appropriate. Very successful. Well, Emma Watson's still pretty young. Yeah, Emma Watson, sorry, I was thinking Emma Thompson. Yeah, yes. she's, <laughs> yeah she, she's a bit older. Um, and then Eliza is 
I think, going into this thing in County Kildare. County Kildare. Which is very she, Yeah, well, she's going to Dublin as well, sort of. So we thought, perfect. By the way, for our listeners, Lies and Millie had actually never met before this no. uh, call. So that's quite nice. And we thought, what better thing to do than, you know, set them up. But anyway, Lies, you're going to Dublin. What are you doing? And what do you want to do when you grow up? Um, yeah, so I am going to Dublin in January. Um, so actually pretty soon. I'm, I've been in London for the last four months. I've actually, I worked out this morning that I'm on my 10th job since being in London <laughs> for three months. That's so, good effort. So it's been going well. Um, but no, and yeah, so I'm off to do the Irish National Stud course, which as um, Charlie and Tristan mentioned is in County Kildare. Yes. and i'll be there for six months and hopefully by the end of it i'll know a hell of a lot more than i do now because i've t- been having to fill out these forms of experience and i just know i've realized i'm an absolute jack <laughs> so um with the big dream to become a bloodstock agent just for our listeners who maybe aren't so well versed on the world of horse racing that is buying and selling horses correct just in very simple yeah. terms yeah. yeah, yeah, literally buying and selling, going to sales, buying and selling horses um, for clients, uh, yeah, which can be owners, trainers, whatever. What's your level of horse racing knowledge? Millie, let's start with you. Um, yeah, my level of horse race, race <laughs> my <laughs> level of horse racing knowledge is pretty minimal, I'm going to say. <laughs> I've, um, I've watched a lot of races because it's always on the TV when Tristan's when Tris <laughs> ever heard. But other than that, um, and I know, you know, I watch the Grand National every now and then, but other than that. Well, that, you, that's good. Have you been to a race course, Millie? Um, when I was about 11, I think with my family, we we stumbled across a really strange like chariot <laughs> racing yes. in France. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was, it, yeah, so they do, char- in France, they do chariot racing and... Yeah. I don't know, we'd gone to somewhere southwest of, southwest of France. And yeah, it's just weird race chat where they were doing uh, the chariot stuff. And it looks yeah. like the, because um, the horses sort of kick back. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And the, the chariot riders stand. Like, it, you know, listeners, you guys should look this up on uh, on Google, chariot racing in France. The, the jockeys sort of sit with their two legs, like spread either side of the horse up in the end. It literally just yeah. looks like the, uh, looks like the horse is going to kick their <laughs> it looks um, so uncomfortable it does like, look really it, uncomfortable it sounds uh, uncomfortable but it's so. a great sport and actually weirdly i think they have more betting turnover in france on that on than the they do racing. in uh in actual in in sort of conventional horse racing as we know in the Mental. uk yeah. um be that inspired tristan seb yeah and tristan and, York. and they've never looked back never looked back since then Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so eliza what's your racing knowledge like uh i would like to say i know quite a lot about racing hopefully more than charlie but (laughs) (laughs) fighting talk um, it's always been it's always been pretty competitive in our household um but yeah it's always i don't know i've always wanted to go into racing so it's very much a career path for me um and yeah so i i like to think i know quite a bit well (laughs) and i think uh I think I can also say that you've, uh, through your love life, you've been involved in racing. Is that true, Lise? That is very true. <laughs> I, my ex-boyfriend, his father's a jockey. Very um, nice. Yeah. That you might know. But... Frankie. 
Frankie de Tori. Frankie, ah, yeah. yeah. Leon Frankel. <laughs> Lam Frankel. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is actually this is actually hilarious because <laughs> I, I hadn't. It was Mill- <laughs> Millie's first ever boyfriend. <laughs> No, is in like age what? six. <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah, so there's That's already a bit of rivalry between the two sisters. Yeah, that we didn't even. I'd know. actually completely <laughs> forgot about that. That is hilarious. Unbelievable. Yeah, he was my boyfriend when I was four years old. So yeah, <laughs> the first love's always the hardest, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've set we've we've set this up for a pretty exciting uh, competition now. Yeah, um, I'm very excited. Obviously, uh, Millie, with her lack of horse racing knowledge, it would be a mighty scalp if you were able to somehow pick winners named off a sort of colour or you know a, a place you once went once went to when you were three or something. <laughs> uh, but anything's possible in this yeah, game. Yeah, in this game, exactly. Um, so. Why don't we start with the first race, the 150 at Newbury, which I asked you guys to have a look at. Um, Eliza, why don't you kick off with your selection for this one uh, and the reasoning for it too? Okay, so the horse that I've chosen in this race is pretty competitive, but I've gone for Chittabello, my old friend. Nice. Um, I've loved this horse forever, and actually I backed it when I went racing with my dad, well, mine and Charlie's dad. <laughs> Um, back in 2018, and it came second to the one and only Midnight Shadow. Oh, podcast. yes, big um, podcast. And yeah, I mean, you can't really beat a skeleton combination on a Saturday or any day for Agreed. that matter. Um, and yeah, in all in all, I think it's a, I, I just love this horse, so I'm hoping it can it can do me justice. Love it. Um, so Chittabello is the selection for Eliza. Mm-hmm. Millie, far away. Um, yeah, so I've decided to, to pick the Earl of the Cotswolds. Nice. Um, at 15 to 2, which I think um, sounds quite a reasonable uh, odds. Yeah, so yeah. I, and I think, yeah, I had a really nice holiday in the Cotswolds last year. Um, and I also, I liked how the, I think T is trainer and J is jockey. And I liked how they both had the same surname. I thought that was, that was kind of nice. And Tristan Davies is a really cool name. So I'm going to go for the Earl of the Cotswolds. I think they might be related. Yes, they are indeed yeah. father and son. You don't find too many Tristan Davies around. No, but um, that is a fantastic reason. Like and that it. that yeah. is exactly the type of thing that we like from our guests that don't have much horse racing knowledge of which you were one. Um, Millie, it's very lucky we don't have the same choice in horses as we do boys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a very good point. Great line from Eliza that. Okay, let's move on to the second race, which is the biggest race of the weekend, the Labrooks Trophy Chase at Newbury. Millie, why don't you fire away first on this one? Okay, well... This is a tricky one because I, 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 there are lots of ones that I liked. You know, you've got, I mean, Danny Wisbang, that's a pretty cool name. Fullback, that's Triss's rugby position. Yes. Um, Cloudy Glen, that sounds like a nice place. Anyway, yeah, I, I actually went for, um, yeah, it was between Potter Man and Fiddler on the Roof. Um, mm. And I'm, I'm going to go for um, Potter Man because I really like, harry potter <laughs> <laughs> that, 
that is that's great any any, anything else he looks kind of magical um and yeah and i think 12 to 1 you know it'd be like it's it's not completely ridiculous but it would be good winnings if if yes that that would do you very well i was i was slightly hoping that millie would back me up there on fiddler on the roof because i'm very keen on fiddler on the roof millie yeah no way (laughs) fiddler on the roof was my other yeah. That sounds that quite like, strong. I, Everyone say, I think I spoke too soon, nearly spoke too soon. But luckily so, enough. <laughs> so Eliza, so Eliza, you can just clarify you're going for Fiddler on the Roof here. Yeah, I'm going Fiddler on the Roof. He's got a lot of seconds to his name. Um True. and obviously one last time out. Uh I don't I mean he didn't really beat that much, I would say. But um yeah, it's a very consistent horse. I mean, I know Colin Tizard isn't I mean best of times, but he's He's getting there slowly and he has just very honest horses and so hopefully this horse can yeah get a win to its name so that's that's a double approval from the brad beers on on fiddler on the roof take note those of you who are fans of the brad beer family there are a few of you out there that's probably <laughs> one about this weekend um yeah that's epic god so come 305 this competition is going to be heating up quite hard um you guys obviously both entered in the league table as well as doing your own head-to-head uh, in which these these prices will, will obviously become quite important. Um, let's take a trip up the A1 for four and a half hours to Newcastle. Eliza, you, you went to uni at Newcastle, so you know it quite well, I imagine. I did, yeah. I had a... Well, actually, I've been to, obviously, this race of the Fighting Fifth, and so I've been there quite a few times. Um, yeah, it's a, a good day out at Newcastle. It is yeah. a good it's a day. It's part of a grim race course, but it's a weird. Um, it's in a weird location. It's really like yeah. It's always very windy as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I've had, we've had some good days there actually, and some bad days probably. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough. That that uh, sort of uphill finish uh, I always find catches me out <laughs> when I'm running down <laughs> it after about ten <laughs> points at the end of the day. <laughs> no i sorry i actually haven't done that but that has just reminded me my brother did do that at newmarket racecourse age 17 and got kicked out of the place <laughs> if, oh if there are any newmarket stewards listening you might remember <laughs> um okay millie far away so who do you think is going to win without epiton in the race okay well um Without Epiton in the race. Yeah, so this was this was my race where I was going to veer away from my enjoyment of the words. I liked Epiton because he... I li- yeah, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> quite tasty. Um, I'm going to go for the one below, Mon, Mon, Mon Morale. Nice. Um, because, yeah, you know, I think... <laughs> yes, I do I know. If I win, it'll, it'll, it'll boost Mon Morale. Nah, <laughs> That is, I see what you did there. <laughs> that is very good. I've been working on that all evening, and um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, call me a sellout, but it's you know, it's behind Epiton in the order, so I quite like the look of that. Sorry, Eliza. <laughs> very tactical play there, Millie. Well done. Um, so Eliza, if you had to take Epiton out of the race, who would you have landed on, but also not Mon Morale? Unless you really wanted Mon Morale. No, 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 no. I'm staying well away from Mon Morale. I would go for, I mean, this horse is an absolute nut job, but sometimes he 
comes good. And so I'm going to go for Not So Sleepy at 20 to 1 for Hugh Morrison. Ah, for the good man, Mr. Morrison. Also a friend of the podcast. <laughs> Who's not? Well, yeah, there aren't many people who aren't friends yet. But that could be in the future. Uh, so, Lies, go on, give us the reasoning. Why Why Not So Sleepy? Well, to be honest, I have, I'm being a bit caught off guard here. Um, <laughs> but as I said, when, when he's on his day, he can sometimes perform a bit of magic. He's a front runner. He he just goes hard from the front. And if no one's there to catch him, I mean, Epitone could fall. Who knows? Yes. And I mean, maybe the rats could. <laughs> and then you're left with not so sleepy. Nice. That's good reasoning, that, I think. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um <laughs> Well, okay, so just just going through those selections, a little roundup. So the first race, the 150, Eliza's on. Chittabello. Chittabello, and Millie's on. Earl of the Cotswolds. That's it. Second race, Eliza's on. Fiddler on the Roof. And Millie's on. Potterman. And the Which final race... How are we doing it again? They both like Epiton. They both yeah. think Epiton's going to win, but... Millie's on Momoral, and Eliza's on Not So Sleepy. To come second or first, yeah. whatever happens. I think it's going to be a cracking competition. I'm really excited to see what happens. I think it's good. I mean, obviously, there's a lot on the line as well, because last time Brad Bear came up against Chusa, uh Brad <laughs> Bear came out on top quite heavily. He did indeed. Yeah. But yeah. this is our first guest head-to-head. It's really exciting. Um... And it's great that you guys, you know, getting involved and and sort of continuing on this this Bradbury versus Chusa feud. And yeah. obviously, you know, you're representing the families, I guess. Next, right? we're going to have sort of mums taking each other on and yeah. dads each other on. <laughs> yeah. Um, dogs could even <laughs> tip sort of with their paws or something. We could make a, like the octopus for the World Cup scores. Yes. Didn't get one wrong. So idea. maybe that's the future. Poppy, Poppy knows, I think, funny, about, funny. about <laughs> yeah. racing. Um, I think that just about wraps up what we have needed to do guys it's been such good fun having you both on um, and I absolutely can't wait to watch how the racing unfolds this weekend and see how your selections get on against each other yeah well I can't wait I think well I'm with Charlie this weekend we're going to our grandparents so it'll be quite fun to watch together that's true that'll be epic i forgot about that um yeah M- millie sadly not coming to england this weekend but i think i i saw her last weekend so that's nice <laughs> that was nice and yeah you guys you know you may not have sounded too convinced about old um potter man or earl of the cotswolds but i i don't know i think you could be surprised i've got a little right. feeling about beginner's I, luck millie beginner's luck yeah exactly yeah, love it um anything you want to say to our listeners guys Keep on listening. Yes, good advice. Like they're saying strictly, keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I concur. Mm. Oh, I would say one thing, which is that um, as a beginner, don't do what um, my brother told me when I was eight, which is um, the higher the odds doesn't mean the more likely it is to win. So the first time I ever bet on a horse, it was 100 to one. And I thought that meant it was amazing. So don't do that. It was Flint. <laughs> I remember it was Flintoff in the Grand National. Well, and it, uh, yeah, it, I think if you look at the racing post commentary of it, it was um, approach first, pulled up before first. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, beginner's luck doesn't always work, but now that yeah. you've got through that, maybe better things are to come. 
um guys thank you so much um for coming on it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me as well what a special interview that was charlie did you like having your sister on there yeah it was good actually uh she probably knows more about horse racing than me to be fair and I thought she gave some really good insight. It'll be pretty interesting to see how their competition gets on this weekend. We'll keep you guys updated throughout the weekend. Make sure you are following us, you're sharing us, and you're talking to your friends about us. And if you're feeling lucky, why not follow some of our suggested bets? Because we've not been in bad form of late. Um, it's been a, an absolute pleasure recording this for you guys. This is week six with the Midas Touches. It's goodbye from me, Tris Tusa. And it's goodbye from me, Charlie Bradford. Goodbye. Bye.